Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Higher Battle Podcast. My name is Peyton, and here we talk about Jesus and together walk through the highs and lows of living a life for God. Today, we are talking about God taking people out of our lives, why he does this, and why it's so hard for us to let go of people and chase after God instead. It's actually really cool to see the way God has been working through this podcast, guys. Like, I kid you not, I will not have an idea for the podcast at all. And I'll be like, oh, great. Like, what am I going to do for Wednesday? And he'll just put something on my heart and like really just weigh it there. And so I was like, well, okay. Like, like last night or like this week, I literally had no idea for today's episode. And then I kind of just thought of this idea and it just weighed so heavy on my heart that we need to talk about why God takes people out of our lives. So that's what we're discussing today. So God has taken lots of people out of my life. Like I'm sure you guys have seen this happen. Like it's just normal. Like it's a normal thing and I really don't take it well you guys. Like most of the time, I mean like I never take it well. (laughs) I have this thing where I get super attached to people. Like if we're friends, like, we're friends for life. If we're best friends, then then we're best friends for life. I don't know. I'm also that kind of person that I feel like sometimes I'm the only one that reaches out to people. So then when I haven't talked to you, like, in a year, then I'm the person that's gonna text you, like, Merry Christmas every year. I don't know. It's this whole weird thing. But anyway, there's multiple reasons why God would place someone in your life and then take them out. Like so many reasons beyond what I can even know and understand. But he always has a plan. Like we hear this all the time. God has a plan. And that person is placed in your life to teach you something, to have you grow, to push you closer to God. Like there's so many reasons. And then you also have a lot of reasons why you're placed into other people's lives. God uses people in this way. It's like really cool. It's like cool but hard for us as humans to understand. But but the cool thing is God sees the bigger picture. His whole plan, your lifetime and beyond that. He sees everything. He knows everything that's going to happen. And so he obviously knows what's best for you. And he knows what you need. I think one of the biggest reasons God can take someone out of your life is because you are more dependent on them than you are on God. It's really easy to become dependent on people because like friends, they're, they're physically here. They're with you. Like you can see them. You can talk to them. You can spend that quality time with them and, and you know, like they're there. So you're like, it's very tangible. And so it's easy to become dependent on them, dependent on them for comfort help, all these things, but God really wants him to be the sole person that you run to for these things. But that's that's a hard thing for a lot of people that God is not a tangible thing right here, right now that we can see in front of us, that it can be hard to do this. So we become dependent as humans on other humans. But maybe you became so dependent on that person that God 
distanced them or pulled them away so that you could refocus your attention on God, which in reality, like that's actually kind of cool. Like, thanks God, because I do need to recenter my focus on you, but we don't see it that way. We see it as, oh my gosh, like I'm losing this friend. We're all stressed. We're sad. Like it's hard. It's really, really hard. God recognizes this. And I could honestly say that after someone has been taken out of my life, I had periods where I was closer to God than ever. Like, like of course, there was like a period where I was sad, upset, maybe even confused on why this friendship, relationship, whatever ended. But then after that, for some reason, after each one of those, I pursued Jesus. I pursued God like hard, like hardcore learning that and everything. So that's, that's awesome. Now, like I was saying earlier, God was so present when I was researching and planning today's podcast. Like, I just wanted to find a really good example of friendship in the Bible where God led someone somewhere else and that friend was kind of left behind and kind of went on their own journey and there was that distance and that friendship. And I was just like, oh, I don't even know where to start. Like, there's a lot of friendships in the Bible, but what one works perfectly for this example? And... Who did God bring along? Who, what friendship did he just plop right in front of me? You guys, like, this is wild. Elijah and Elisha. And I hope I'm saying this right, because, like, Elisha's a guy, you guys. Like, so, if it's not pronounced Elisha, then just roast me in the comments. Like, let me know, because I'll be embarrassed forever. So, I actually just realized I've been calling this guy Elisha when, in reality, it's Elisha. Not Elijah. Elisha. So, my apologies, but I guess we're just going to call him Alicia because we've been doing it this whole time. So, my apologies, my friends. Anyway, yeah, like, we literally talked about this last episode as Elijah told Alicia that he was going to be his trainee. Be, like, with him as he discipled. So, this is really cool. Like, we saw this relationship form at the end of first kings when we were reading in the last podcast episode so i love this i love how this comes full circle how god brought this friendship about so we see this friendship and we see elijah being led somewhere else and elisha being led somewhere else and we see this in second kings 2 so i'm going to read this little chunk for you because it's necessary and we need the word and it's better if you hear it straight from the source so i'm going to be reading the christian standard version if you guys want to follow along or if you want to check to make sure i'm actually reading it but i promise you i am so we are in 2 Kings 2, and we're going to read 1 through about 10. Um, so it says, The time had come for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord is sending me on to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. See, he's getting a little sassy right there. Um, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. The Lord is sending me to Jericho. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came up to Elijah and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, Stay here. 
The Lord is sending me to Jordan. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from the sons of the prophets came and stood, observing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, which parted to the right and left. Then the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. So Elisha replied, Please, let me inherit two shapes of your spirit. Elijah replied, You have asked for something difficult, but if you see me being taken from you, you will have it. If not, you won't. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire with horses of fire suddenly appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up into heaven in the whirlwind. As Elisha watched, he kept crying out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. So first of all, Elijah is called to two different towns, and Elisha is like, I'm coming. Like, there's no way I'm not coming with you. Like, I, I just have to be with you like this. I'm not. Like, he was being sassy and he wasn't liking it. And then Elijah goes to heaven, which that's cool. That's really cool. That would have been cool to see. But you see is God had a different plan for Elisha and it wouldn't be fulfilled unless... Elisha was on his own, unless he was separate from Elijah. So there are so many things Elisha would not have experienced if he would have stayed behind or even went with Elijah. It just wasn't God's plan. Like, God had so many other plans for him, and it just wasn't going to be that way. And he literally, same day, gets to see God work by healing water. Elisha literally picked up water, spoke over it in the Lord's name, and it was cured from all diseases. Now, he would have maybe not seen that if he would have gone with Elijah. It's weird to think, and we can't be like, oh, what ifs, whatever. We can just see that it wasn't God's plan for Elisha to be taken at that point. So, that's that's like all we can say of that, but... God has a bigger plan, so much bigger than the one friend you don't want to lose. But guess what? If that friendship is holding you back from your true purpose and not letting God work in your life, God will remove that person from your life. But the thing is, God doesn't just like go poof, bye, they're gone. He helps you with this. And when I say remove, it comes in many ways. And... It's not just God doing all the work. We have to make sacrifices to get closer to God. He gives you ways and hints to move on from the friendship or relationship on your own. And he gives you the strength and resources to do so, which I like. I think that's pretty neat. Like, he's not a father that's just like, eh, figure it out on your own. You're probably too weak for it, so I guess it'll never happen. Like, he empowers you. He gives you strength to get through anything. He's there with you through anything, so... I like that. But for me, this never came easy, like ever. If a relationship of mine was toxic, it would take literally every single other person in my life seeing it and for something bad to happen for me to see it. You see, I like to fix things. I like to fix things myself. I have a hard time relying on God when it comes to fixing things. Like, I like to be in control and... 
I'm a huge people pleaser, which is the worst, let me tell you. I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. I want to please God and not worry about anything else. But anyway, I am a people pleaser, so I am so focused on what that person is feeling that I don't even see how healthy it is. Like, I get so focused on, like, oh my gosh, is this person happy? Is, like, all this stuff when I'm not seeing the bigger picture. So, I kind of need that slap in the face sometimes of God to be like, oh, do you realize what's going on here? Like, I need that awakening sometimes. And a one-sided friendship is not a friendship. So, just so you know, this could be a sign for you to uh, get out of that friendship that God's been asking you to get out of for a while, that a one-sided friendship is not a friendship. God wanted me to grow through that and look to him to learn about what a healthy relationship and friendship of any kind looks like. God wants you to look to him to learn those things, to read the Bible, to learn those things, to figure out those standards. And your relationships in life will be most healthy when your number one relationship is between you and God. That should be the most important relationship that you hold above all other relationships. And then that relationship is an example for all your other relationships to succeed and go well. That's you, that's not rocket science, people. Like, you should be spending time in the Word and with God every single day. And it should teach you a lot. Like, when you learn what real friendship, real love is, real loyalty real companionship, like all these things and qualities and characteristics that God is so perfect at, then you're going to have a lot higher standards for not only who you date, but who your friends are. And it's going to really help your heart and it's really going to help you in the long run. It's really going to help you to grow when you actually are intentional with the friendships that you get into. I really had to learn this and it took me a while too. I think the past year or so, I have been doing the best at this. I've been working extra hard to cling to Jesus and have a looser grip on people and things of this world. And with some people, it comes easily. With some of my relationships, I can do this easily. And some, it's still, it's still a little hard. And I'm not saying you can't love people. You can't love your friends. Be super, super close with your friends. But God and your friend, your relationship with God still needs to be number one, and it needs to be the strongest, and it needs to be the one that you can turn to no matter what. The one that you turn to first, honestly. God wants you to turn to Him first, and then your community around you. So God takes people out of your life maybe because you take them for granted. Maybe you weren't ready for that person. I kind of think about this a lot. I think about this specifically with dating relationships and marriages. If you're married right now or dating someone right now, have you ever thought about how many times you have seen this person or maybe like walked by this person, but God was like, oh, uh, not quite ready yet. They haven't quite showed me that um, their maturity level, that their character, that their relationship with me is quite ready for that person to step into their life. Maybe if you're called into marriage, maybe you didn't meet your spouse soon enough because maybe they weren't in their place with Jesus for them to get in a relationship with you. Maybe you were so far ahead in your faith, so you had such a strong relationship with God and they just weren't quite there yet. So maybe God wanted you to meet them when you were equally yoked. 
Like, God wants your relationships to succeed. He's not sitting around and being like, oh, I hope that one fails, hope that one fails. Like, he wants your relationships to succeed. He wants you to look to him to allow those relationships to succeed. But yeah, I just think about this all the time, even with friends, even with Wyatt. I'm like, I wonder how many times I walked by this dude at school and like didn't think anything of it. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I like thinking about it. Or maybe God took that person out of your life because you needed to grow in your faith. You needed to grow in your character or do a little bit of growing up in general. Who you are around can hinder that growth and they could hinder your relationship with God. You know, the old saying like guilty by association or like you are who you're with. Like things like that. That is so true. Like people and the people you surround yourself can really affect you and really affect the way you grow and the way you love others and the way you know and love Jesus. You grow like the people you're surrounding yourself with. So if you have ambition, if you have dreams, if you have drive and you just, you want to succeed, you want to love Jesus more, love people more, and your friends are kind of just like settled with where they are, they don't really care about anything, they have no dreams, they're like, eh, Jesus, they go to church maybe like once a month, never open their Bible, like that's gonna affect you. You need to surround yourself with like-minded people. I'm not saying block out everybody else that thinks different than you, no, that's absolutely opposite of what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, you need to surround yourself with people that are gonna help you grow in the ways you want to grow. And I think that's where a lot of my friendships have ended, I think. We're just on completely different paths in a lot of different aspects of our life. And I'm not saying if I saw these people that I wouldn't still be friendly with them, kind, that I don't still love them. It's just we're on entirely different paths and and I'm better now that I have grown apart from those relationships and closer to Jesus and that I found other relationships. Like, it's just that natural, healthy cycle, you know? But I just love to think about the fact that every person is on a different path, a unique and personal path that God has created for them. Like, nobody's two paths are entirely similar. Like, maybe you and your your spouse or your boyfriend, whatever, maybe you guys are on pretty darn similar paths, but... They still have a different purpose than you. They still have a different relationship with God than you do. Like, there's a lot of different and unique things that God have woven into your paths, but still your paths are compatible and you are going in the same direction, which is also really cool. And that's a whole other topic, I think, but you may only be in someone's path. You may only be in someone's life for a season. Maybe they needed you to help them battle depression. Maybe they needed you to plant a seed of Jesus in their life. Like, you served a purpose in their life, and that is all it is. Like, you had such a beautiful and big and awesome impact on their life. Maybe it was small, but maybe it was big for them. Like, God had a plan for you to maybe even pass by that stranger today in the grocery store. Smile at them, say hi, how are you doing, whatever. Maybe that tiny little impact was actually huge in his life. See, we're always passing people, we're in and out of people's lives, and every single interaction is not a coincidence. God is using every single interaction, which is like actually mind-blowing and makes me feel like actually so small that there's just so many amazing crazy things happening. So, if you're losing hope in God, 
realize that every single interaction is for a reason. Every single good interaction of like, wow, that person really made me feel good today. Like they held the door open for me. Like that was God. Like he uses all those things. Maybe your heart had been really heavy and your friend was all all of a sudden randomly like, hey, I want to give you flowers or I don't know, just these random little things that God urges in someone's heart to be a part of someone's life for a day, for an hour, for a second. I just love, it's just beautiful to think about that. For someone who attaches easily like I do, this is hard to learn. I get close to people super fast and I get attached to people super fast. So as I've started to learn to become more attached to Jesus, it's been hard but good. You see, God never promised that you won't get hurt when you wear your heart on your sleeve and let people in. But he did promise that he would always be the shoulder you could cry on and the hand to lift you up. Well, I'm going to end it there. I'm going to leave you guys with that. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and beyond next week. And I'll see you next Wednesday. But I'm just going to leave you with a prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for this family, for this community that you have brought to this podcast and this platform. Thank you for every single person listening to this. You have brought them to this podcast, to this episode for a reason. I pray that if they are struggling through this right now, that if they are clinging onto a relationship that is unhealthy for them, that is pulling them away from you, that you would just help them to release this, that you would loosen their grip. That they would know that despite how hard it is, how painful it can be, you are the shoulder they can cry on. You are the one that they can run to, that you are our redeemer, our savior, and you will give them hope and peace. That if someone is in a toxic relationship right now, that they would see just how hurtful and harmful it is and that they would find strength in you to exit that situation, that you would help them, that they wouldn't feel alone in that, that they wouldn't feel like they'd get punished for that, but that they would feel freedom and the ability to leave that situation. And I thank you for every beautiful, purposeful interaction with people, that you would just continue to instill hope in us, in our hearts, and that we know that you have a bigger plan. You have so many beautiful plans for us. We're each on our own unique plan, and that we would glorify you in all we do. And I pray this and I release this and I trust you with this in Jesus name. Amen. Alrighty. I will see all of you guys. Oh, I mean, I will talk to all of you guys next Wednesday. Have the best week and weekend ever. Okay. Bye.